Many of you will know Jonathan Leach. Uh, I hope that one day everybody has a chance to hear something of his testimony, because it's a magnificent testimony coming to faith. Um, but today, wonderful to welcome him. Jonathan has been associated with uh, Sarepta Church, leadership of Sarepta, for nearly 50 years and has chosen to come and live in our area and to be part of this family. And we are really so pleased and privileged to have him with us. Can I say a prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you pour out your gifts upon your children, upon your people. And so thank you for the gifts that you have given to Jonathan and that he shares so generously with us. And so speak through him today, Lord, loud and clear. Speak to your family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I greet you in the name of Almighty God, Elohim Yahweh, Adonai El Shaddai, Yada Yah Emmanuel El Elam. I'm aware of the great honor and privilege and responsibility I have in being asked to share God's word to us all this morning. My mother-in-law used to spell faith, R-I-S-K, risk. And the rector is a man of risk, asking a raving Pentecostal windmill preacher to come and share. She also spelt love, P-A-I-N, on the basis that those you love the most can hurt you the most. Well, before I share the Word of God, I beg leave to share my testimony of my encounter with all souls. In the 70s, I used to have fellowship with Colin Peaty in St. Alfred's in Peter Maritzburg. He actually invited me to conduct one of his three-hour services on Good Friday, and we had great fellowship together, and again on the bluff in the Anglican Renewal Fellowship there. But uh, during my journeys through the Pentecostal charismatic arena, I became hymn-starved because the worship teams, which were very gifted, had no grounding in the hymns in which I was brought up with. So my first lure to St. All Souls was I heard that uh, Colin Peaty, whom I knew, played hymns on the 7 o'clock service. Uh, and uh, I came and uh, sat, drank in all those glorious hymns. I sang from 50 years ago. Um, and then there was another lure, because I heard the rector preach about a year ago uh, uh, an earth-breaking kingdom message on priests, it pressed all my buttons. My eyes are sticking out and stalked because it's what I always wanted to hear and what I believed, and it was all spelt out. 
Uh, you need to dig that out of the past. It's got deep revelation in some throwaway comments. But we must move on. Uh, also, what has grabbed me here, as I shall share in a minute, is the ministry which refuses to allow all souls to become an Anglican club. And this is mission headquarters, and the mission is to the far corners of the earth, beginning with your neighbor. Uh, now, most English children are brought up reading a, a, a book called Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows is about some animals, three, four friends, Badger, Ratty, Moly, and Toad. A Toad is very wealthy. He lives in a huge mansion called Trump Towers. No, no, Toad Hall, Toad Hall. <laughs> Toad Hall. And, and Moly and Ratty and Badger set off to rescue Toad from the wicked weasels from Wildwood. But the point is this, that in the story, Moly passes near his old home from which he had to leave to go and rescue Toad. And the fragrance and the environment of home drew him. And it's very well written. And when I came and heard Colin Beatty's hymn and Chris Mayer's preaching, the fragrance of home came to me. And I recognized my tribe. I recognized all you school preachers, uh, school prefects, reading the, reading the lesson here. And uh, I'm 85, so I, I believe the Lord allowed me to come back and soak up the flavors of my youth. I was called to the ministry at the age of 15. to be in... Uh, 1950. I wasn't born again until I was 29. And then I was inducted, ordained into the ministry when I was 31. Uh, during the 60s, during the turbulent time of the charismatic renewal, I had an encounter with supernatural epiphanies, manifestations. One was light, one was fire, one was a voice. Never happened since, until I came to All Souls. 50 years later. And one of the things I enjoyed at the seven o'clock 
I, I do admire the fact that the worship team at nine o'clock can actually do hymns because uh, in the charismatic manual, they, they don't know how to do hymns, which, which brought me here. Well, uh, I, uh, I enjoyed at the seven o'clock, I, I enjoyed the hymns, I enjoyed the ministry. And I enjoyed watching Hugh and Janet Rivet Karnak always seem to be at the end. And their little son at the end there having communion and they pull him up onto the cassock. Cassock? Cassock. One of them. And, and it was a great joy to me. And, and one day, just for a moment, as I watched, Mum, dad, and son. They were framed in gold. A supernatural light. And the voice of the spirit within me said very clearly, that is my kingdom. And the theme I have absorbed in this last year in this fellowship has been that family and service are, are the DNA of everything that's going on. And here was the family, and we celebrate the king today. Well, now the word of God, the theme for today, is this age and the age to come. Jesus refers to this age in Matthew 12, 32 in the context of the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit for which there is no forgiveness. That's not the subject of this study, but if you are afraid that you have committed the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit for which there is no forgiveness, let me assure you, you haven't done anything of the sort because people who have committed that sin don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. So you can set your mind at rest, because there are people who are tormented by that lie. Now, throughout the New Testament, we are presented with two realms of reality, two time realms. The, the scholars talk about the tension between the already and the not yet. The first realm began when God, through Jesus Christ, created the universe in which we exist as a tiny spot. It will end when Jesus comes back, which is quite soon imminent. The age to come, the second realm, has already begun. And that began when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and take, 
sat down on his throne. Which means we, in the church age, are sort of squashed between the end of the, this age and the beginning of the age to come. Ephesians 2 makes it this tension clear in that we are raised up and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus in our spirits already. But in our souls and bodies, we're trapped in this straitjacket of mortality in this age. So we are there and here, and a bit like Nineveh, we don't know our right hand from our left hand. This age began, as I have said in the beginning, 19.2 billion years ago, according to Gerald Schroeder's Science of God. But as uh, Albert Einstein has told us, as you move away from the planet, time gets slower and slower and slower and slower and slower. At the edge of the universe, according to what's called the logarithmic spiral, which is the pattern of the galaxies and the Nautilus shell and all sorts of stuff. The edge of the universe, there have been six days, scientifically speaking, since the beginning of this age. I'm wondering, Shepherd seemed to know that a long time ago. So we live in two ages at the same time, and the difference between the two realms are this. I've made some columns here. This age is ending very soon. I thought just now maybe we were, never mind. Uh, <laughs> this age is ending soon. The age to come, which has already started, will never end. It's called eternal life. And one version of the scriptures calls it life that is life. This age has got limitations. It's very limited. And the age to come is unlimited. We, we are limited here by gravity. We are limited by sight. We are, are, are limited by the constraints of the physical environment. But whereas there are boundaries in this age, in the age to come, it's unbounded. And I take encouragement when I watch swallows swooshing and whirling, I think. That's a hint what it's going to be like in the perichoresis dance of the Trinity in which we are caught up with. When we move out of the captivity of the straitjacket. Our CV reads like this. Yesterday, we were reconciled. 
by the death of Jesus. Today we are justified believing in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And tomorrow we are glorified when Jesus returns. And when we, all of us, leave this captivity. The most exciting, exhilarating, breathtaking, galumptious day of our lives is the day we are glorified. Fully into the new age. In this age, there is pain and death. In the age to come, there is no more death, no more pain. In this age, we know in part. And however much we think we know, the word of God says that those who think they know anything, let them know this, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 2. In this age, we are vexed by Satan. The prince of liars of whom we've been warned already today. But in the age to come, he can't reach us. As the scriptures tell us, he's, we're raised up far above principalities and powers. He's right down there. In this age, we are humbled. Jesus humbled himself to become like us. We are humbled and we are going to be glorified. In this age, we live by faith. Because it's only by the grace of faith that we can access the realities of the kingdom of God in the age to come. And without the Holy Spirit, it's not possible to access the realities of the kingdom, of which the epiphany of, of Hugh and Janet and Andrew are just a glimpse. In heaven, there's no faith. Here we live by faith, not by sight. In the kingdom, there's no faith. It's all by sight. We shall see him as he is. Nothing is hidden any longer. So that tension... That tension in Ephesians 2, we are seated in heavenly places in the spirit and captive to our souls and bodies physically. Gives us a promise that we have authority. We have authority in Christ. He says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. I give you authority to trample on certain serpents and scorpions. So he gives us authority. And beloved, the passion on my heart as we exercise authority in the name of Jesus is that the king should rule our emotions. The Sermon on the Mount is about one thing, response to provocation. And when Jesus is reigning on our heart, 
We don't react in anger. We react in mercy and in patience. So when we are angry and irritable and we throw our toys out of the court, court Jesus is not reigning on the throne of our hearts. In Mark 10, 29, Jesus refers to the twin time realms by indicating that both ages, in both ages, sacrificial service will be rewarded. Now, C.T. Studd was captain of the English cricket team, which is in England equivalent to being royalty. And, and he was well-born and wealthy, and he had a great inheritance, and he heard the call of the Lord to mission, which he would have heard if he had been at All Souls with Chris Mayer, something, the program. And he gave it all up to serve the Lord, and he went to China or wherever. He married a Salvation Army lassie. And he kept part of his inheritance for her. And she was furious that he would expect her not to live by faith like him. So she refused to accept the bounty that he was reserving for her. And it was said at the end of his life, he could travel around the world and wherever he went, there were homes and everything was open to him. There were limitless resources. He seemed to own the world, having given it all up. As the scripture says, you will receive. And the same theme is picked up in Luke 18, verse 30. It is worth noting that neither John the Baptist nor Jesus preached the gospel of salvation. According to John the Baptist and Jesus, the gospel is not the gospel of salvation. It's the gospel of the kingdom, the rule and reign of King Jesus, which we celebrate today. <laughs> so let me close. Preachers normally when they say, let me close another 20 minutes, but we're going to try and <laughs> hear the word of the Lord. God put his power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen.